Welcome to Our Therapist Said Podcast with Kimberly and Joan. There are friends from the Midwest that have just enough in common and as many differences to keep things entertaining as they support, understand, and guide one another, all with a healthy dose of laughter. Be a part of the journey and edgy conversations knowing they will get it all wrong before they get it right. They promise to keep it real. They are an acquired taste that you'll grow to love, enjoy, and look forward to. Subscribe now. Let's get talking. This episode is guaranteed to contain strong language, vulgarity, inappropriate remarks, various levels of incorrectness, and sometimes mind-bending content. It is guaranteed to improve your day. In Our Therapist Said, you'll hear real conversations about real challenges and experiences with an honest and healthy dose of laughter. Let us equip you with our knowledge and wisdom to take on your day. Welcome to this episode of Our Therapist Said with me, Joan, and me, Kimberly, in this little corner of crazy. One thing we are certain of, we'll we'll get get it all wrong before we get it right. Let's Let's get get into it. it. Oh man, remember us? Your favorite Therafriends are back. (laughs) <laughs> After just a small, brief hiatus. Well, we hope that the first half of your 2022 has brought out all the reclaiming of you. And your closet. And more. Oh my gosh. Well, we've been busy this spring uh, getting listener feedback, yay, which we've taken into account when planning, planning upcoming episodes. We love hearing from you guys, so keep the comments coming, and uh, we love getting your input on what you're talking about and what issues are important to you. Along with opportunities and challenges that are important to you too. Right, Joan? Exactly. (laughs) And today's topic is certainly... A sensitive one. Yes. But important. Definitely. The topic is loss and grief, knowing that loss comes in many forms, a life, a marriage, a relationship, even a job. We live with it every day. It's something that affects all of us. I know. And we've been trying to figure out the right time to do this episode. And Uh, then... And then... uh, Sex and the City revival arrived. And just like that... Dot, dot, dot. We have an intro that's not so sad and no. has a lot of good information. Yes. And points that were good, bad, and relatable. Ugly. For sure relatable. <laughs> we knew we needed to get talking about loss and much of what comes about with it. Because everybody is affected at some point in their life by a loss. Well, we thought Sex and the City writers did a fantastic job providing a glimpse into some of the stages you go through after experiencing an unexpected loss. What is often called order, disorder, and reorder of life. So when Carrie, Mr. Big, died, uh, her life was forever altered. On the Peloton. He wasn't on the Peloton. Whatever. He was off. He was off off the Peloton because he died. (laughs) (laughs) We're not blaming the Peloton. No, we're not blaming the Peloton. He was off of the Peloton. He had just done his 1,000th ride apparently right right let's talk about what they did great so so and not so great when talking, in handling right and handling the loss and the grief and moving through the order disorder reorder process 
So let's, you want to go with Carrie first? Yeah, I thought she did. I mean, yeah, I think the way they wrote it in for her, it was she, I felt like, uh, exhibited all the signs, you know, just in terms of basiness, just a dumbfounded, stunned. Well, I like the fact that they were living in this new place that was their home as husband and wife. And she thought that that was going to be where she was going to find her comfort. And then she realized real quickly that that is not where she found her comfort. It was where... She originally lived in the brownstone where she was writing and fell in love with Big, where she felt more at home. But she tried, she did, I love that they showed that she tried many different ways to distract, but also move through. And like when she started the podcast, that was very interesting because there were other people there, but she was completely unable to participate and she went back too soon. I like that. People do that all the time. Right. They right. go back too soon. They need a distraction. But she was definitely not in, in her it. place. No. In her right no, frame of mind. No, she was not. Yeah. And then trying to deal with her essential versus non-essential people, trying to figure out who they were and who they weren't. And just getting through the first couple of days of... Right. After a loss is just... Uh, and then after going... I, I don't remember how many episodes were in and just like that series, but... I do remember towards the end, the episodes showing her trying to take the time to love and forgive herself, which was really key. I thought I thought that was great. I do too. Yes. Yes. I think that took a few episodes. Well, slash. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Weeks. I don't know months, the time years. frame for yeah, all this, exactly. but yes. And then... But I think that's important to know is that there is no time... There is no time frame for anything. All these feelings are going to come in waves. Right. And they could come anytime. And it could be after experiencing a loss a week prior or three weeks prior or three years prior or 30 years prior. So right. uh, things just, they just, you know, just well, allow them and understand You're going to ebb and flow through this order, disorder, reorder. It's not going to be, oh, I'm done with this. Right. It's not going to be streamlined and you're done with this and you've moved on to the next thing. There's no pat on the back for that. You just have to go with the... Well, there's no pats on the back. No. But no. So, love. what about Miranda's role? Well, Miranda... Well, Miranda... Well, Miranda had a lot of interesting reactions, but she had a lot going on in her right. life. I thought she was trying to be super helpful, but she I was she, helpful. She was doing it also for selfish reasons because well, she, she had was that other thing going on on the side. So that was a little right. But don't you think that she was? She also was dealing with the loss of a her relationship. Yes. Yeah, her marriage. Yeah, and yeah. then trying to distract and find love in all the wrong places. Maybe that. Yes. Not with the wrong person, just the wrong places. Because right. And the wrong times. Yeah, and the wrong time. time. Right. <laughs> Maybe the wrong time. Perhaps. Since Perhaps was... our listeners should watch this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they'll was... understand. Yeah, they'll understand more. Right, exactly. Agree. Uh, and Charlotte. What about Charlotte? Oh, my well, gosh. I relate to Charlotte a little bit. Over-emotional much? She was like crying. All the time. And lack of awareness. So Charlotte needed the assistance and the help and the support. It, right. it became like too much that Carrie's like trying to comfort Charlotte. And it's like, thank you for your help, but no, thank you. Yes. yes. Not working for me. Well, the nice thing was, is that Carrie kind of was like, you know, handling this, it. Right. This is not helpful. And I thought when they did the wake scene. Yeah, that was good. The storytellers. Mm -hmm. Those are, I'm not going to say the worst because there's a lot more than worse than that than the storytellers, but they are not helpful. 
when you're at the wake and they're telling you oh, their one stories. Oh, one-on-one. Yes. One-on-one, they're grabbing you and giving you Right, and stories. giving their stories. Personal stories. Well, a lot of them, that can be helpful, I think, many times, but when it's relating only back to them and not to the person who's passed away, uh, it's more about them and their, their personal story of loss. And it's like, again, someone who needs comfort. And let's not forget, may he rest in peace, Stanford. Unbelievable. I that mean, so sad. I know. But he does, he brought laughter. Oh my that gosh, he provided key. all the levity and the comedy. I mean, he, which is so important. Oh my gosh, she needed to laugh. She Absolutely. needed to smile, have some fun, you have need, a cocktail. I agree. You need to laugh. You have to have the gift of laughter to move through these processes. Well, and that retains a little bit of who you are anyway, you know, and just a little sanity, I think. All right, so I guess we are highly recommending that you go and I think they did a great binge job with it. on and just like that. Yeah, I think it's Sex in the City revival. Although I will miss Mr. Big. I will totally miss except for the sexual well, harassment let's suit. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. minor detail? Those are yeah. Those are know. allegedly. Well, so we don't want to get into those. Right? No. Okay. No. Okay. Today's Source of Sanity reminds us that the ties that bind friends and loved ones don't change even as our personal circumstances might. Commonalities that brought you together, a quirky sense of humor, a unique interest or hobby, books or music, these things don't change even if one of you is experiencing an intense loss. Oddly, even as grief and loss are threads that bind us all, often it's so hard to get past our friend's pain to see the things that made us friends in the first place. We're so often left feeling helpless and tongue-tied without the, quote, right, unquote, words or actions that might make a difference. I'm no magician, but these words from Joy of Mom struck me as something that might help keep lines of compassion and communication open when nothing seems right. To be honest with you, I don't have the words to make you feel better, but I do have the arms to give you a hug, the ears to listen to whatever you want to talk about, and I have a heart, a heart that is aching to see you smile again. Ah, simple words offering nothing except for an open door whenever your friend is ready. All right, Joan, so in this second half of our episode, let's get into us, if we shall. So with loss and grief, no two people have the same experience as we both know. Joan and I have both had to deal with grief, loss, mourning, and a hole so deep in our heart, it will always be there because our love for our loved ones is so intense and it's not always seen or heard. However, it is always felt. We thought we would have a combo about our losses and how they've reshaped our world in terms of our day-to-day, our choices, and our essential people. So we're taking this opportunity to understand each other a little better. And then hopefully some our conversation will lead into other conversations with our listeners about how, you know, a little more empathy and understanding of each other, understanding that almost everybody, well, everybody will endure some sort of loss at some point. And have compassion for yourself and then it follows over to others. It's key. I think that people... That, that, that is a good point. I think the yeah, people that point. have yes. experienced deep loss come 
out the other side as more compassionate and caring towards others because they need it for themselves so badly. That's my I think opinion. that makes absolute sense. Giving yourself a break, giving other people a little break because you know what? You just never know where somebody is in their day. Nope, nope, ever. So one starts their life, what? Or not their life, but their experiences in a state of what we call order. So that's your day-to-day -day life as you know it. I call it, we're in the movie. Oh. We're not watching the movie, we're in the movie. We're in the movie. <laughs> well, you're in the movie without knowing the movie. Correct. you're in the movie. Right. Yeah. That comes later. And then with all the usual ups, downs, and all arounds, and then something happens, and a loss uh, hits like the proverbial bomb and your order suddenly becomes very much disordered. Myself, I, uh, my husband passed away suddenly at the age of 35 and we had two uh, young children. Life was already a whirlwind, but it was a whirl of order. It was things that made sense. Uh, it made sense to everybody that surrounded me. I had, you know, days were filled with what I call normal ordered chaos. Gripes were things to chat about in playgroups and at Bunko. We could all bitch about the same things. We could be joyful about the same things. We could laugh about the same things. Everybody understood like, where. Right. And loss and grief was not a part of that world. Oh, no, 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 no. no. We were just, you know. Surviving every, and growing. Yeah. And I mean, it was just, it was not neat and orderly, right. but it was order. That was just the way stuff was at that point. Everybody was at the same stage of life. And then, you know, in one blink, disorder reigned and happened overnight. And I found with two young children, they basically were my saviors, really. I'm sure. And and my family. Unfortunately, a huge network of support we had. But not, and this was right after 9-11. So within two months of 9-11. So it was kind of like the world was already in this state of oh. what the hell is going on. And people hadn't even, like some hadn't even gotten back to their homes yet, you know? Right. And okay. uh, it was already just this very unsettled time. It was just exacerbated, or that was just one component of something that was going on around us when Ted passed away. So there was like a heaviness in the world already already yes and you just sort of thought in weird ways like the world is and like what is happening what is going on and it was winter you know and so right. it's just like everything was just so in this untimely bleak. death that came it was, out of nowhere uh it was just and yes. rocked your world and it it overnight you know right. flipped flipped yes well um my story isn't much different, but our order was our family of five, our extended family, friends, community, groups. I mean, we had a plethora of individuals and groups in our life, almost in abundance. So we were very, very blessed in that sense, but we just didn't realize that we were taking on too much at the time. So family of five, like you said, we were in the movie, going through the ups and downs of teenagers and colleges and marriage and friendship. The normal stuff, yeah, the, right. the normal order. In the movie, and then my son Ethan was 20 at the time, which was three years ago. So on February the 12th, 2019, um, Ethan lost his fight with depression. Sorry, Joan. No, there's no sorrows uh, in this world. Oh, 
he took his life and we discovered him in his dorm room the very next day. And like you said, our world was forever changed. Never to be the same, but differently is that we had to deal with social media. Really? Immediately. Uh, Immediately. Like we had like three minutes to get to your daughter. Tell your other kids. Tell our family what was going on because he was in college and he was at the dorm. So we had very little time to um, express and relate to our children what was going on, which was extremely difficult. But at the same time, it puts you in this mode of movement and action. So you, you didn't have and a, a, a lot of time. A to mini think. checklist, like something that is order <laughs> right. again. It's right. like restore me to right. it's something like that's have, real. We have to do this. We have to step up. We have to be the parents and make sure that we get this disorder in check. Ordered again. And we were thrown into this disorder. And you just you just don't recover from that uh, quickly. And it takes a lot, a lot of work. Um, you're completely disconnected from yourself, from others. And while everybody has a story and a loss, and they're all unique, and there's definitely stages that you learn about, but you don't go through them linearly. You, they are all scattered. And you can return to different stages too. Yes. Yes. It's It's back and forth. I thought I'm over that. Right. So our feelings, as we have mentioned, um, they come and go like waves. I cannot tell you. It's a, it's been three years for me and it's been 20 years. Uh, 20 years. Yes. Yes. And I'm sure all of these things come and go. But, I mean, it's like, what happened? Why? Why, 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 why? There's never going to be a good answer for any of this. Never. And then so many questions. And many times you're never going to get an answer. Ever. Well, even if you had an answer, it's not going to be the answer. And it's not going to change anything. Right. It's not. That's what's wrong. It's, yeah. It is what it is. This path unfortunately is a path that you and I did not choose right and you're kind of locked into that. you're locked into it and decisions were made in my experience that were um, permanent and cannot be altered or right altered it's it's done and this is the reality of it it doesn't take away the what happened the why and the questions yeah, yeah and the pain of what should I have done? What could I have done? Why didn't I do? Why didn't I see? Why didn't I know? You can do that until you go insane. Well, and I think there's just, uh, there's not going to be an answer that's going to help right. because there obviously is no, well, I'm you know, there's just no, but in your situation, I, I just can, can't imagine the loneliness because you went from this partnership and children to solo and these children and it was a very... Uh, Even though you had a huge network. network. Right, right. And we did end up, and our network was in another city, and it was a beautiful, beautiful network. And I felt at the time that it just was so important to be with family and um, my parents. And uh, obviously, they we couldn't have done any of it. And my sisters, you know, right. uh, could not have done any of this without them and they were in a different city so we had to make I mean it only took I know they say don't make a move don't make any <laughs> drastic decisions within the first right. whatever year or something and uh within six months I knew we had to move back and it was that has been great too I mean honestly since moving back and I met somebody very special so right. it, it has right. But, but that took a lot uh, of courage, like that, just to do that. 
But a lot of that was spent in a time of very much a fog. So I see why they say don't make a decision, please, in the, in the first year or something, because there are so many conversations that people have told me about that I had with them. Oh, right. And okay, yes. That are just, I have, I mean, absolutely zero recollection of even, frankly, seeing the person. I, I totally and, can uh, identify with that. It was, it's very strange, but it's re- very real. It's just like, that's where the empathy with each other is so important and understanding one another because, and just forgiveness of each other and yourself for not, <laughs> that's, I don't know. As we know from previous episodes, I talk about the, the self-forgiveness is probably my biggest hurdle still working on it, but still a hurdle. But I still have this anxiety that I'm trying to work on as well. And it can come out of nowhere. Sometimes I know when it's coming and mm-hmm. I almost think that I retreat. Cause, I cause it because I know like, oh, if I do this, I'm going to have this. So I try to recognize I'm going to feel this. this way. I'm trying right, to prep right, myself right. because it's going to come. Yeah. So as we've said many times, but this is strictly to deal with loss and healing is that you do you have to acknowledge where you're at what's going on you have to embrace it you have to express it you have to let it out yeah you have to you can't sit with it no you can't you have got to let it come forth yep because if you don't trust me it's going to come out in other ways and as you said you said this before and i thought it was great about uh, if you're not trusting in yourselves to let it out, it can lead to dying while you're alive, which I thought was an which aha moment. Then becomes another unexplored life, and it just can't happen. And n- nobody would want that. The, the the loved ones we lost would not have wanted uh, that to become of what remains. Right. I mean, it just it isn't. I know. And I think that another piece is that there's it. They're forever going to be missed. They're right. we're gonna forever remember them. They're going to forever be missed. They're always going to be a part of us. And, and I, I frankly think, and I, I always called them bricks because my kids were so young. But I said the foundation and the bricks were... Oh, that's good. ...were laid. And I thank God for that every day because they turned into pretty well, amazing a, people. You know? And right. so... Well, and that brings a good point. That thanking God. I mean... Yeah. And it's just it's I a good place. I feel my faith has really pulled me out of the darkness many days and it's thank god so i mean i go to mass now and i can't even keep it together because i'm so grateful that i have faith because it has helped me on the darkest day i mean it's just a very very yes it's just big source of comfort i mean it's just and you know it's always there and it's just peace i feel like yes faith well you know what else peace to me you know well you know what helps get to Reorder is nature. Uh, that's true. And just breathing, just getting outside. Getting and just... out into nature, which mm-hmm. prior to this happening, I was not a big nature walk. No. No. <laughs> no. Walk, putting my bare feet in the grass. And now I can literally lay in the grass and just have it touch my skin and my feet. And it just brings balance. It is, I don't think it's crazy because I don't think it's crazy. I can feel it. Yeah. But if you would have told me this prior to that, I would have 
said like that's weird but okay oh. but it has definitely definitely been part of my reorder but I think that's so important too what you just said you know just you would have thought that was weird and somebody else doing right. it would have been like wow okay strange but now it's like okay totally get the grounding so then when you have to when you circle all this Shift in, back to right so then you have okay somebody, now it's time sometime to, we got to pull it together you reprioritize everything like mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. life not, is shifted right life is shifted but it's every aspect of your life mm -hmm. it's not the same you're not the same you'll never be the same how could you the path to healing does not go around the edges of grief however goes straight through the middle so I know that people use their vernacular of moving forward, getting over, but I've always have been... Closure. Clo <laughs> right. I Not have closure. been a yeah. true believer in saying, you have to move through. That's my thing. That, I mean, it's not like, um, what do you call that? An overnight Your, your intentions. Like, I, yeah. Sometimes my intention is that. I just need to move through right. this. I'm not going over it. I'm not closing it. I'm moving through it. Because, because it's I, always, you can't ignore it. No, do not ignore it. If anything from today, do not ignore it. And you should speak to this one, the beware of the, not because you have harmful habits. I'm like, what the hell are you going to say? Like, okay, what? that did not come out right. I do not mean that because you have harmful habits, but you are a true believer in not having harmful habits or making bad decisions and being aware of PTSD and triggers. That's why you are super heightened and always say, don't go to drugs and alcohol. And right. With Except as part of your healing. Rosé. <laughs> Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> the limoncello um, that we should have had today, but we're Well, not. no, to have a, yeah, to have a, uh, an outlet like that, it's not helpful. Right. Because, and I mean, and especially at that point with, children you know and trying to set and they're watching examples you. and they're yeah, and i and yeah. i have yeah. two other children as well and they're watching and learning paying attention paying attention right i mean you feel well lonely. there's a lot you have to you feel lonely with or without people around but you also have these children that you right. have to help through this well process. now it's and and they had bursting personalities and they were these little people before this happened and I wanted to do everything I could to keep them while re understanding, obviously, healthily moving them through this tragedy, keeping Safe. their little personalities and keeping, you know, all the good they had. I didn't want that to shut down either. So it was kind of a weird balance of did everybody intro right, but did everybody in. do Grief counseling or counseling? We did. That's something I wrote. Yeah, I did write that down because I think too. we did it far too soon and with such little kids and then we moved. So it was, uh, we did it right away. I mean, within a week. We did, it, we did family grief counseling right away. And yeah. then we moved more into individual counseling and we need and, and, healing and, counseling. And, and actually, more or less. It, we've kind of gone back to it every now and again. You know what I mean? So it was a mistake with the kids so little to do it right away. I mean, I don't think it was... Right, well, maybe, I mean, you only know what you know, right? Right, right. So, that's I mean, true. You just don't know. But there's so many resources And that, that's what was so helpful is because the community was so responsive and just friends and family, you know, there were so many resources 
provided, you know, or just shared with us in terms of take advantage of those. Right, and you have a, and you have yeah. a really close knit family, mm-hmm. which very yeah. yeah. And yeah. Ted's family was there as very well. much. Oh I mean, my gosh, yeah, that was all. You can't leave them behind. Well, and to... no, I thought that was critical to the kids' development too. Is just keeping the sense of family together and and um they, they were awesome i mean they, they remain awesome i mean they're family Perfect. yeah so we continue to celebrate and that's uh, awesome and talk and all of that so yes keep talking yeah but yeah and keep those emotions coming <laughs> yeah i know right every now and again i let them out well that's good <laughs> so if we had to move into reorder obviously there's no timetable and this, like we said, comes and goes, but rebuilding your connections with yourself and others. And I would say take time to, yeah, and be very specific and deliberate. Well, we even said this about reclaiming yourself and starting a new year after coming out of COVID. Right. Um, it's kind of oh like- Oh my God, I totally forgot about all that. Yes. Taking your time to, now you can pick and choose what- You can be picky. Yes. Where- you where your time to, is spent and who it's spent with. Right, right. And the people that you feel like, you know, and there's going to be some surprises, probably a lot of surprises if you go through a significant loss. Like some people are going to be amazing that you didn't necessarily think would be amazing. And then some people are going to be awful. Right. <laughs> or just confused and not helpful. Well, and the things that, that you valued prior to the loss have shifted. Right, right. It's they're different now right and it's not that you're leaving people behind it's just that your values have shifted your essential people have shifted and well and what you've you shifted need, your whole mindset right. has and what you need for yourself and for your family to recover yeah to recover and heal has shifted and and probably way way narrowed i mean that's you know it just uh, really near for a time i mean and then but the people that understand that and are compassionate about that get it and they know that they give you space, right? They give you the space or they just listen. They just listen and they're there and there's, That's there's no judgment and there's no uh, feedback right. required being in the space and letting you, letting you go, letting right. you, yeah. letting you do your thing. So, well, we talked about nature. We talked about our essential people, self-compassion. Oh, what meditation. Okay. So. I found that a morning gratitude journal was really, really helpful for me. Finding gratitude in each day was key for me. And not only that, yoga. And I am not a yogi. When I'm in the yoga class, they're moving, they're flowing, and I'm still in child pose. Like, doing my own thing. I'm like doing my own thing. And I'm totally fine with it. And the instructor is always just like, do what your own pace or right do what feels right for you which i love because most of the time i'm on my own pace but i come out of that class so at calm and at peace and thankful for just having that hour to do my meditation without any yes any of the extra and activity right interruption input the input i mean it's like following the crowd or doing whatever you have to do i i have to agree with that I think just taking the time and just uh, giving yourself space. And I think getting out was very helpful to me. I mean, walking. I found walking and could be for extended periods. Definitely. It was just taking that huge deep breath. Everything can take on kind of a new 
perspective and just a new something fresh thing for me that was really key was seeking therapy individually for me express how we was feeling a safe environment which was key and shared and shared and shared just something that and i think i think having that safe space where you feel like you're kind of locked in and it's okay you know and it's just it does give you more freedom to express and now there's so many so many resources unfortunately i feel like people are just talking and talking and talking (laughs) and in a good way no they're keeping it's important that's just to keep yeah just not to talk to talk but to actually impart something that keeps it so nothing's weird anymore you're not as alone yes and some of these ted talks are so spot on you're like yes i feel that yes i need that yes 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 nobody's alone no No, I mean, there's, if you feel like this, even though experiences are unique, there's always somebody else that feels very similar. I mean, it's... There is. Yeah. So I have this little, you know how we love quotes, Joan? We do. So we have a couple today, but this I received after probably a year and a half. It came in the mail with a little bouquet and it said, the reality is that you will grieve forever. You will not get over the loss of the loved one. You will learn to live with it. You will heal and you will rebuild yourself around the loss you have suffered. You will be whole again, but you will never be the same. Nor should you be the same, nor would you want to be the same. I I think with loss comes some growth. Oh, definitely. There's some uh, growth like, in like areas a third you didn't eye. even know you had. I know. I think there's like kind of this weird a perspective that in the loss is never a blessing, but there's a lot to be taken away from it. It's just, it's a horrible ride. No one wants to be on the ride. No. But almost everybody is at some point. Oh, everyone is. So the next quote was the quote with John Hassler. You begin to wake yes. up in the morning with something besides dread in your heart. Not happiness exactly. Not eagerness for a new day. However, kind of an urge to be eager, a longing to be happy. And that is almost, sometimes almost, enough to keep it going. Because you want to get there. And that means there's still light. And you see... Well, I think that's that's the light. Hear that and say that. It's like, okay, I'm today I'm rising. And I'm thankful for movement. And I'm thankful for this moment. And it's... And I'm going to do it. I'm... I'm powering, powering through. Just the start, step by step, right? Oh, Lord. Day. Day by day. All right. So we're going to like wrap this up in a big little bow. Humans create meaning in their lives with four critical elements. So do you agree with this? Belonging. Yes. Purpose. Definitely. Storytelling. And transcendence. Well, and I think part of transcendence or Transcendence comes during the reorder process or getting a little more grounding or back on your feet. One of the things I found is giving of oneself or spreading the love, which is kind of ironic during a time when you need to make sure to take care of yourself and to allow yourself to be taken care of, which I have a huge problem. Most of us do. uh, Helping others and turning it around and maybe seeking out or recognizing when someone else is possibly in a similar or same boat as you are is a surefire way to help ourselves make someone's someone else's day a little bit better and watch how you start to come alive 
And as we've already said, and you've said, you never know what battle someone else is fighting. And one random act of kindness can literally change their day and possibly even their life. And that is just the empathy and compassion and the recognition that I want to be better at. Kimberly is already a master <laughs> I don't of think it. so. Unrecognized master of this. And it blows my mind with your, that just how your heart is so open and able to see into people's, almost their soul and see when they're hurting. And it could be anyone from a woman at a McDonald's through <laughs> to, uh, you know, really anyone. And you have, that's a gift and that is opening your heart. Even well, when you're you know, when trouble. it's, it's three years in, however, sometimes it feels like three days in and I can talk about Ethan all day long. I could talk about his smile, about his smell, about his contagious personality. The stories and laughter. Yeah. But if I come in contact with someone that I can just feel or sense that they're struggling, it just triggers my soul and I can almost just break down with them. So I just have to say to myself, I don't need to break down. I need to be there right now and just do something simple. I think simple. that's just, that's a stunning gift. And <sighs> you've not been wrong though. Well, because the people have, and they've come back to you and said, wow. And I, and I, I truly admire the people that have reached out and asked for resources, advice, help, kindness, whatever it is, because that's what we need to do. Connect. We need to connect and say what we need. What we need and what we're looking for in that moment. Because you're going to pass that along once you learn it and feel it. So that's how I feel about it. There's no handbook, Joan. It's or, all there's no handbook. <laughs> I haven't found that one yet. No. Twenty years down the road and there's definitely Still no, and everything lingers. Yeah, everything no, it lingers. is. Yeah, it is. Nothing. Well, on that note, I think we um, will wrap up today's convo. I am so glad we took the time to get talking about something that impacts practically every person we come across every day. But there are a few things. I think a few takeaways. Definitely some takeaways. There is remembering to acknowledge, embrace, and express your emotions and feelings when they appear. Do not put it off. Do remember to ask for help. There are so many resources out there. And And people want to help. And people want to help. They do. They really do. And do support those that are grieving. By listening. By listening. Yes. Listening is a very key support element. And not responding. Right. I'm really bad at that part. There doesn't need to be a response, right. is what we have to remember. Or a solution. Silence is sometimes the best answer. Right. Good one, Joan. And let's not forget, oh, tell your story. Whatever your story is, don't be afraid to tell it. To talk. It. Right. And people, to talk about the person. Because and talk about you that. would be amazed at how many people and who you're talking to has have been through either similar situations or have been impacted by it either firsthand or within their Mm -hmm. circle. So telling your story, I think, is key. And let's not forget our favorite music and laughter will definitely be a lot of laughter. Yes. Something you want. When (laughs) appropriate. No, No, actually, when it's not appropriate. When it's not appropriate. Right. We like that laughter better. It's fine. 
Okay. So what are some things that we should not do? Not do. And this is do not do as a person who's either supporting someone right. who's in, who has experienced a loss, or uh, do not do to yourself if you're in the midst of one. Well, right. And one would be isolating. Do, do not, not do that. No. No. That is harmful. No, nothing good comes from, because then you just live with your brain and uh, self-talk and that's not a good place to be. No. In most respects. It's not. Don't pick up harmful habits. Or at least be aware of them and try to. Yeah. Because they just, to mask whatever you're feeling, you know, and so that's where the talking and the sharing and all that. And be aware of your triggers. What's going to put you. That's key too. Right. Right. What is, what's coming ahead, what you might. What may set you back. Right. Is there a situation you're about to put yourself in that you can either choose to not do or you choose to do it, but just know how you might respond to that. Right. And then don't ignore, suppress, or judge the process or yourself. Amen. Amen, girl. Amen to that. All right. All right there, friends. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. We're always around. We're always here to listen and support. And we will be back sooner than later with another episode. Enjoy your day. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. And join us for our next TheraFriends session. And remember, we're an acquired taste and not for everyone. Just those wanting some real laughter. Till next time, keep your conversations real in purpose, meaning, and gratitude. Never miss an episode by subscribing today. And if you've experienced some positivity from this podcast, please leave a review. Our Our professional opinion is to to tune in to Our Therapist Said with your TheraFriends every other week. week.